0: Hello, and welcome to Season Five episode 10 of Rody's Sports Talk today. We are talking about the NFC South, and we're gonna do a preview of those teams. Uh, and so this is uh, we're we're getting down to this is the NFC South? Uh, Of course, the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and Hampton Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, the great Charlie Daniels once said the devil went down to Georgia, and he was looking for a soul to steal. Well, I am uh, headed down to Georgia, and I'm looking for our co-host, and that's Caleb Walker. And Caleb, how you doing?
1: Uh, Well, you could say I'm in a bind. I'm way behind, and I'm willing to make a deal. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to sit here and talk about uh, those Southeastern teams and the Saints and really kind of see <laughs> <laughs> like what all this division looks like it could project to be here in 2023 because uh, I almost want to say there's nowhere to go but up, but uh, the, the, it was just not a pretty division last year. Yeah,
0: so uh, a little disclaimer from Brody Sports Talk before we begin. We don't know anything about anything about this division. Someone has to win it. Um, And all of the opinions of Brody Sports Talk do not reflect upon the sponsors nor the co-hosts of (laughs) Brody Sports Talk. Because we're just guessing at this point. Uh, Yeah, you'll find out here in a little bit. We don't know uh, what's going to happen, so if you haven't uh, listened to our. uh, Previews before go back and listen to those, but we do a couple of different topics for each team. Uh, We talk about the arrivals and departures. We take the uh, winds over under. Uh, we have any uh, of the awards that might be won by the team, uh, so like MVP or Most Improved, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. And then we pick a game um, off their schedule for a key matchup, on and why that's a key matchup uh, for them. So we're going to go ahead and get started in alphabetical order uh, because we can't go by number of wins because. All of them don't have many many wins last year. Uh, so we'll start with Atlanta Falcons. Uh, one of the most exciting arrivals for the Atlanta Falcons he is the number eight pick in the draft. And that's Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Uh, I watched a lot of his games as as a uh, Big Twelve guy on the podcast, and uh, just think he's he's probably going to. Um, He's really going to be up there probably this year. Um, He's going to be used a lot. Um, The Falcons are going to want to run the ball, and he's probably going to be uh, heavily used in this uh, system. And then Jesse Bates, the third coming over from Cincinnati, and another one, Bud Dupree, uh, coming over the the outside linebacker uh, coming over from Tennessee. So those are my arrivals, Caleb. What do you think about your rivals?
1: Well, you know me. I am a Swifty, and so I've got to get my word going for Taylor. Taylor Heineke coming in to be the backup quarterback, uh, possibly getting a chance to start on this team because he started more games than the person that is currently the starting quarterback of this team in Desmond Ritter. So Heineke is there. He's going to hold the clipboard. He's going to wait for any potential injuries to happen and step in and play. Uh, I do also have to say, uh, Derek, I know that fantasy football is not always your biggest thing, but Mm -hmm. I did do a rookie draft for best ball where we only drafted rookies. I ended up with the top pick. I ended up getting Bijan Robinson and I I wanted to name my team Bijan Mustard
0: okay so that's the end of this podcast forever dad jokes uh the podcast dad jokes coming up next because i think that's all caleb's got uh that's great that's a a a wonderful name and a uh a a good uh good play on words um who else did, did you get anyone else good that uh that we should know about
1: Uh, in that all rookie draft, I think you'd be so when it came back to me, most of the quarterbacks were gone for Mm that are for sure things. But I went ahead and took uh Quentin Williams and Jordan Addison to be my receivers. And I know in general, when I say Quentin Williams, you're like, Yes, (laughs) give me that guy. Yeah, uh, we we hyped him up during the draft, and I think Jordan Addison's going to play a ton in the Vikings' offense.
0: Jordan Addison is going to be getting a lot of yards this year because of Jefferson, Justin Jefferson on the other side. Anyways, we're talking about the Falcons. Um, they have uh, some good receivers down in the Falcons. Um, but some of the guys who have walked away to other teams, uh, so their quote-unquote quarterback that they had on the team, uh, Marcus Mariota, if you uh, if you want to hear my thoughts about marcus mariota you can go back a couple of days and listen to our brody bites episode uh i talked about him when he was in college uh he th- headed over to philadelphia where um he's going to back up jalen hurts hopefully and uh, you know probably not Not too much of a running threat downgrade if if something does happen to Jalen Hurts. And then Anthony Firkster, the tight end, is headed up to New England. Um, I think New England is still looking for that next great tight end for their system. And for uh, Mac Jones to find uh, his Rob Gronkowski. uh, Because they've had a a couple of different uh, tight ends up there that uh going through the last couple of years uh caleb i'm tossing it back over to you is there anyone that you wanted to highlight anyone that you say this is going to be a a downgrade because they lost this guy
1: um i've always been a huge fan of casey hayward and so Mm -hmm. him being out of the secondary makes me a little bit nervous especially when uh across from aj terrell who people generally have quite a bit of respect for you're going to be starting jeff Acuda who was a very high draft pick in detroit and did not do well now i'm not going to sit here and say he can't do well but i'm just going to say i'm concerned uh you know you're in a division with i'm not going to say the best quarterbacks in the league uh Brady left a uh, spoiler alert for later in this <laughs> episode, but I do think if you could have Casey Hayward there, you would have appreciated his experience. And right now he's just not on a team. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's move on to our over under wins for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Caleb, where do we get our numbers from for over under
1: fan duel?
0: Fan duel the fighting Pat McAfee's so the number for the Atlanta Falcons is eight and a half games Uh, I'm going to jump first on this one Uh, and even though I think they're going to be improved I think that they are going to be under the eight and a half wins Um, this team is built to run the ball and be really good at it. They've got some some great talent on the offensive line. They've got a great running back. Uh, unfortunately, we play in 2023 and not uh, 1983 or 1993, where that could actually win you a bunch of games. Uh, and so I I think I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be six or seven wins, um, maybe pushing uh, close to to 500. But, uh, you know, I, I think nine is just too big of an ask.
1: Um, I'm going to go on the other side of this one, Derek. OK, uh, they went seven and ten last year. It feels like it's a somewhat unremarkable seven and ten when you yeah. think of everything. I do think if they're a team that's built to run, you did go out and get the best runner in the draft. You're going to do that run pass offense with Desmond Ritter. When you're down in the red zone, you're going to be trying to hit Drake London and Kyle Pitts, who you have invested so much talent in. Uh, I know we mentioned it previously, Kalei Campbell's coming in on that defense, mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett's there, Bud Dupree's there, like, I think that the pass rush should be better, and uh, I don't know if you saw, but Arthur Smith is, is rocking a stash this year, and I saw uh, there's, that. there's just something that I have to go with and say, give me Arthur Smith in the stash and go over the eight and a half.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, – okay, I, I'll, I'll take you on that one. I think that uh, they're going to be improved, and, and there you go. So speaking of stashes, uh, we, we move over to division awards. And for me, if uh, if you are correct and in um, your over, I could see that stash winning coach of the year uh, for Arthur Smith um, i think that he's got a setup and i think that he is just on the cusp of being a contender and i want to see that next step for the falcons i want to see them win the division i want to see them you know make the playoffs and get uh that playoff win start working in that right direction so uh, for my division awards uh, i think you know, For me, the easiest one is going to be coach of the year for Arthur Smith if he really turns that corner and gets them going into 10 or 11 wins.
1: I think that's fair. I think the other way that you can go is just to, to put some more Bijan on it and uh, go ahead and say that Bijan Robinson is the offensive rookie of the year. Is it a little bit predictable? Possibly. But let's face it, drafting running backs at eight, doesn't really seem to make the most sense anymore. And they did like he was one of the more talented players in this draft class people who needed quarterbacks took quarterbacks. That doesn't mean that they're going to play well or win games because they have much less around them than the Falcons do. So I think Bijan is at least going to be a contender, especially if the Falcons get to let's say nine or 10 wins and win the division, which is mm-hmm. someone has to. So, we're at least saying there's a chance.
0: Uh, that, that's right. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure that you had that rookie leader B, because of uh, of how much you were saying stuff earlier. So I didn't want to jump on that one. Uh, so give me your key matchup for the, the Falcons. Dirty Birds.
1: So I do think that it is going to be important for the Falcons to get out to a hot start because they do have a lot of home games to begin the schedule but I really want to see what happens when they host the New Orleans Saints in week 12 off of the bye. You know, someone has to win this division. Uh, The Falcons and Saints are projected to be the top two teams. I don't know that uh, in Derek Carr I trust, Hmm. but I also don't know that I'm all aboard the Atlanta bandwagon at this point. Let me see how they do. If you're at home off of the bye, you've had several road games before that you need to be able to show us that you can win that Thanksgiving weekend and get ready to play down the stretch because it's not going to necessarily be a cakewalk after that either. So I think showing up in week 12, taking one that they critically need is going to be important.
0: That's a, that's a really great point for mine. um, It's going to be uh, week seven at Tampa Bay. So, um, week five and week six is eh, the Houston Texans and the Washington commanders. So two rebuilding teams that you're probably going to be better than. And so that week seven is going to be kind of that first, okay, we've gotten through the teams that we should beat. Where are we at uh, at this point? It's about halfway, uh, a little bit under halfway through the season you're kind of projecting okay where are we at when it comes to did we beat the panthers did we beat the packers the lions so you're look, looking at three and three four and two stuff like that um you know are you rolling toward a a better year or have you be have you played down to the level of your competition um, it shows it'll show us what Tampa Bay is doing it the, toward the beginning of the season and this a division game. So if you have to win division games to win the division, can you win division games? Absolutely. There we go. So uh, speaking of that division, let's move on to one of their uh, division partners, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this one is exciting and new. Uh, so let's see what uh, what we've got here. So for the arrivals, uh, for the Panthers, uh, we've got the number one overall pick in Bryce Young. He comes out of Alabama. If you, you've not heard of uh, Bryce Young, he really doesn't get much media attention. So um, you, he might have overlooked him. Uh, and then one of my favorites, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, out of Old Miss, he was picked number 39, so a second rounder. And then uh, this last week, or in the last couple of days, Justin Houston uh, came over from Baltimore, signed a one-year deal. And then Miles Sanders, the running back, um, who had uh, some success in Philadelphia, is headed down there. Uh, I mean, him and Chuba Hubbard are going to, uh, to share snaps, kind of a, a running back by committee. I don't think they're they're done filling up that running back room either. So, um, who do you want to spot, uh, spotlight, Caleb, on the arrivals for the Carolina Panthers?
1: Well, uh, let's go ahead and insert Cincinnati Bengals safety that went to this division, Von Bell. Uh, I think is going to be a critical piece in that Panthers defense. You know, going from one cat to another. Yeah. I also think it cannot go understated enough that they were able to bring in an excellent defensive coordinator in Edgerow Evero. Not trying to rub salt in the wound, Derek, Uh, but I I do have to at least bring up the fact that they had a good defense. Steve Wilkes did well. Uh, They also have a new offensive coordinator in Thomas Brown. Frank Reich also is offensive minded as a former quarterback, but I want to see how it all works out because I think that there's a lot of interesting things, but I think being able to get Evero as your defensive coordinator from uh, the Broncos staff last year, uh, that was a mistake by Sean Payton, in my opinion.
0: Agreed. And uh, we'll certainly talk about that guy here in just a few minutes. Uh, so the, the biggest departure for the Carolina Panthers that I can see Probably not that much of a, of a downgrade. Um, Sam Darnold headed over to uh, San Francisco. Now, based upon what we have seen and the things coming out of San Francisco's camp, um, they're saying that Sam Darnold could be uh, the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers if uh, things were different. Um and looking at him the last, uh, what, two years that he was there, um, doesn't look, I mean, he didn't look good in Carolina. So I don't know if that's the, uh, the system that they had running there or, uh, Sam himself, but I'm not sure the Panthers are too upset with, uh, with him walking away as they have Bryce Young coming in to be the starting quarterback.
1: i I like where you're going with that. There's a lot of departures. Uh, This team feels like it is turning over a new leaf. I mean, even if you look at the quarterback room when the year started last year, it was Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker, and both of them are off the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also had Christian McCaffrey. We all know about that trade. Uh, D.J. Moore is a Chicago Bear. Like, where do you – like? You look all over the team and you go, "Oh, this is some new people. These are some new people. Oh, this is some new people." And it's just kind of a, "Oh, okay, uh, this is going to be uh an interesting season." I don't think that it's a, a clear path for the Panthers this year.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're on that uh, precisely. I, so I both like it and dislike it all at the same time. As Reset hitting the reset button can be good if you bring in guys that uh, can have impact right away uh, on the other hand you don't have much in the way of veteran presence or guys who know their way around uh, you know Carolina barbecue restaurants around town so you know you've got to find those guys you got to find those hole in the wall places uh, to eat it's very important to uh, to a football team to build that way uh so i'm tossing it over to you first caleb for the uh wins over under um their number is seven and a half uh wins so tell me where you're at
1: i'm going under on this one uh they also went seven and ten last year in general you're putting in a rookie quarterback do I think he's better than some of what you had last year? I would say yes. Do I like what you're doing on the defensive side of the ball? Yes. I I don't know that I trust the run game combo of Sanders Hubbard enough to feel like it's going to get a lot of momentum. Plus, you're installing a new offense. You've got a whole bunch of new players. And it's just going to take some time to gel. So I don't think it's going to be an easy start for them. And I'm going to have them going under the seven and a half.
0: So I'm going to go the opposite of you. We've uh, you feel better about the Falcons. I feel better about the Panthers in this particular case. Um, like you said, they were a seven win team last year and they trotted out Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald. Um Yeah, they brought in a brand new coach. Yes, they have a rookie Uh, quarterback but how far off is Alabama from being like NFL light like you've got you're you're playing against you're practicing against NFL caliber guys each and every uh, each and every day you're playing against future NFL guys when you're playing the SEC so I'm not sure there's going to be much of a drop-off and I think there could be better quarterback play uh, coming out of uh, out of Carolina. I like Frank um, Reich. I think he he, I think he's going to install great offense and I think he's going to be really good. I think the the defense stays the same or gets better. I think they're, they're going to be better. So I think they're going to push that nine win. I think they're going to have a winning season this year they're and they're probably going to get to nine wins this year.
1: I mean, the defense is switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4 as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of transitions going on. Um, I do they, I do like a lot of things about that defense, though, Derek. And if mm-hmm. you want, I'll go ahead and get the kick-started here on the D- Division Awards because Please. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we have potentially our first ever double zero to be the Defensive Player of the Year, and that is Brian Burns. Uh, I think that the skill set that he has – taking him off of the 4-3 defensive end and making him an outside linebacker, especially if you're going to have Justin Houston on the other side, teaching him and learning some pass moves from that guy. Brian Burns has been a great athlete, you know, rookie year, seven and a half sacks, and then he's gone nine, nine and 12 and a half. I think this is the year where you get up to the 16, 17, 18 range, and that's going to put you in a defensive player of the year category.
0: Yeah, you've got me... Dead to rights. That's exactly where I was going. Um, great, uh, great pick. I'm gonna just toss it, toss it out there because I uh, did a little spoiler earlier. I think defensive coordinator of the year, assistant coach of the. Year, I don't know what the, but uh, Giro Evero. I think he is going to uh, to win some awards for uh, this defense, the defensive performance. Uh, I don't know if he is short term rental for being a defensive coordinator. Um, but the man probably needs to be a head coach soon um, for what he did for the Broncos, and I think he's just going to do even better um, this year. And, you know, if he stays around for another year, what he could do with, uh, you know, draft picks in the second, third, and fourth round that are defensive-minded. So uh, really good division awards on uh, on that one. I'm going to jump into my key matchup, um, and that's going to be week six at Miami. This is a week before the bye. Um, so I always like, okay, Are the, is the team looking ahead to uh, to their bye week? Uh, are they looking ahead to the games after their bye week? So, you know, after week eight, nine and ten, are you the Texans, the Colts and the Bears? So, like, you're just trying to get there. Um, and the Dolphins are supposed to be – uh, better this year. Uh, I like what, what Mike McDaniel is doing. Hopefully, Tua is healthy this year. So you have the first couple weeks, week four, five, and six, is Vikings, Lions, and Dolphins. All three teams uh, are expected to be better this year. Uh, well, the Vikings won the North last year, so I can't really uh, say that. But, uh, you know, the, the Lions you know, are a good team are supposed to be a good team this year. I think they're on the upswing. The Vikings are a good team. They should be, you know, moving things along the way. And the dolphins are hopeful, hoping that uh, they're putting it all together this year. So uh, that dolphins game, you just don't want to overlook it. You don't want to, you know, schedule a loss. Uh, okay. Well, we're just not, you know, of course we're, we had the number one pick last year. We're just not going to to be great and overlook the, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a beatable team, and I think with the talent that you have, you can beat them. So for me, week six, um, you're looking at, uh, are you building momentum after a couple of, of tough games? Or will your bye week be a reset into, okay, what are we actually doing? What do we have to change? So that's mine. What about yours? What's your key matchup?
1: So I'm looking early in the season two, and Mm -hmm. I'm actually staying outside of the division as well. So I think it's interesting. I'm going with that week four matchup hosting Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I want to see what happens. Minnesota was a team that was not great defensively last year. Uh, They really struggled to stop much of anyone, which is why their plus minus was kind of a disaster. But the thing is, is that they were able to score and score it well. Uh, Call it the Adam Thielen revenge game if you want, but (laughs) I do think that it's going to be one where, you're going to see Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, T.J. Hawkinson, Kirk Cousins, trying to light up the scoreboard as much as they can. And if it's a low-scoring game where the tempo can be a little bit more controlled by the Panthers, that's going to show me a lot. If it's more of a Bryce Young is trying to keep up with this Vikings offense by throwing to Terrace Marshall, D.J. Chark, Adam Thielen, and Hayden Hurst, Mm, i do not like that sound <laughs> so uh you know you don't want your rookie quarterback trying to get out there involved in a shootout you want to be able to control the game control the clock keep it close and give your team a chance to get a win it's at home it's in the middle of th- you know three out of four road games around it you want to be able to get that win but it's a perform- playoff team from last year so it's a tough Tough part of the schedule, but I think we should see and learn a lot about this team from that.
0: That's a really good point. Really good uh, um, call-out on that, because that's a that's going to be a good game as well. Uh, I'm going to toss it over to you for our third team. Um, are you uh, headed down for some gumbo?
1: You know me. I always do like heading down to Nolens, uh this time of the year, go down to Beale Street and listen to some, beautiful beautiful jazz music or some blues and you know when we're talking about some things that have arrived uh you know sometimes people do tend to order vehicles recently uh Derek I don't know if you've heard of this but uh they they went and got one from uh out in Las Vegas it is Derek Carr as a, a big arrival there in New Orleans I think that it's going to be interesting to see how he gels and connects with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas as it's just a a weird looking offense right now at this point in the year for uh, those saints. Um, Derek, I may have stole your biggest arrival because I know you love how he spells his name, but uh, who else do you have as far as arrivals you wanted to feature?
0: Oh, you know what? You didn't even crack crack my top four of arrivals uh, by talking about Derek Carr. I do love how he spells his name. But for me, the biggest arrival for the New Orleans Saints is the pick, 257 in this year's draft, Alex Forsythe. He is, of course, Mr. Irrelevant. And if we have noticed anything about the past Mr. Irrelevance, he is going to be the greatest player on the team. Uh, Brock Purdy, I'm looking at you. So uh, no, I, I do like Alex uh, Alex Forsyth, uh, I do like offensive linemen, and I do like Oregon player, players. So all of them are good um, for me. Jimmy Graham coming back um, to play. What many people consider the tight end position um, as um, I don't know if if he um, maybe he can throw Legos because that's the only time you're ever going to see him throw a block. Um, But uh, because he is a a catcher and uh, my favorite player coming to the New Orleans Saints, Jamal Williams, running back from Detroit. Uh, I love nerds in the NFL. Um, there's a couple of them that I have run across recently. Um, but Jamal Williams wears, uh, you know, his uh, Pikachu hat and his EV hats to the, uh, the press conferences. Very Pokemon. Uh, and I just love when a guy loves what he loves. So Jamal Williams, big thumbs up to him.
1: Absolutely. How can you not love Jamal Williams? Uh, that guy has an infectious smile and loves to dance. He's just someone who I have enjoyed seeing uh, since he joined the league with the Green Bay Packers uh, several years ago now. Uh, Derek, I I know I uh, jumped in. I may have taken an arrival away from you. Why don't you go ahead and start us on your departures on the New Orleans Saints?
0: It's very, very sad to to say goodbye to the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton, as uh, he heads over to division rival, uh, Carolina, um, which he he does a really good job with uh, mentoring uh, players. We all see how good Ian Book is um, out there, um, you know, and, and how good he mentored him. Uh, and then Marcus Davenport uh, headed over to Minnesota, uh, the defensive end. Um, you know, so the, the Saints are a little bit of an enigma to me when it comes to the players they're bringing in, the players um, that are leaving it always seems to me that they are and I don't want to rub salt in the wound or anything like that but they always seem a little bit Green Bay Packers-esque because like oh yeah Jimmy Graham's coming back okay but that you know he's at the toward the end of his career he's not really it's not the, the, there's not really big splashes when it comes to the Saints I mean I guess Derek Carr coming over as their quarterback but how much of an upgrade is he to the guys that they've had like is he really going to to make a huge uh a huge dent into like is he really going to raise the completion percentage um i mean I, th- I think because you have other offensive weapons um it's good to have a guy who's a little bit more accurate but so yeah, uh, you know, it's a little bit weird when I talk about the, the the guys who come and go from the Saints because it never seems to tell a picture, to show a picture, to tell a story.
1: I I hear where you're coming on that, and I think that it's just an interesting one. One that I saw that was leaving uh, Marcus Davenport. He's no longer going to be there rushing on the opposite side from Cameron Jordan. Uh, of course, they are. Uh, just moving people up from their depth. Uh, Carl Granderson will be getting a chance, but he doesn't really have a lot of that uh, known pass rush ability. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't really call it a departure, but I know Alvin Kamara suspended the first three games, which I think is going to put them a little bit in a bit of a tricky spot to get the season going. Yeah,
0: you're, you're right about that.
1: It's just an interesting one uh, to see exactly what will happen. I feel like they're trying to change up a lot of things at a lot of positions. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's why don't we go over to their over under win total, Derek. What what number do we have for that today?
0: Okay, so the number that I have is nine and a half. Um, and for me, this is an easy under. Um, I I just I don't see the pathway that they have to making a, a huge jump or uh, making, like, I, I just don't see where they can get the double-digit wins.
1: I think that's fair. I think that 9.5 feels aggressive. I mean, we all the teams we've talked about with 7 and 10 last year. Yeah. Um, like, while we can sit here and say Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston weren't the best quarterbacks last year, I don't know how much of that is the quarterbacks and how much of that is. I just don't think that they've called very exciting offense, Uh, you know, Pete Carmichael and things have just not been the same after Sean Payton left and that's okay, but it's not okay when you're supposed to get nine and a half wins and I, I just don't see the path. I don't see the path to nine and a half wins for this team this year.
0: That's ah, uh, that's a really good point. I, I, if it did happen, and if all of a sudden Derek Carr made a big difference, then I could, I would easily say, hey, I was wrong, I uh, didn't see it, but I, I don't. Ah, uh, so I'm going to, uh, to look at some division awards. Uh, and I, okay, so I, I, I should look this up more, but what is the What do you have to have to be Comeback Player of the Year? Because I feel Michael Thomas hasn't played a game in like three years. Um, And I think he was just such a a force. So uh, maybe Comeback Player of the Year for for Michael Thomas?
1: So it can be injuries and it can sometimes just be poor performance. I mean, uh, Geno Smith won last year when he was just uh, previously benched. Like, okay, <laughs> so uh, if Gino can win it, which I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I thought Gino played great last year. Uh, I definitely think Michael Thomas, if he has one of those years and he gets back to can't guard Mike status, then definitely consider him as a candidate. Because if he goes out there, let's say 100 catches, 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I would at least say he should be in consideration.
0: That's a really good point. Um, what happens if, like, Chris Olave goes off? Like, do you think he could be, like, offensive player of the year?
1: Uh, I I don't know that that's the way that I, I lean. I do think, in general, whoever ends up being the star of this offense, if it's a good team, put them in that comeback player of the year category. Okay. Let's say Derek Carr. Let's say Derek Carr has a great season, 42 touchdowns, seven picks. Um, Jamal Williams goes out there and gets double digit touchdowns again after being let go by the lions. Like, I don't necessarily know who is a lock or who's going to get the actual numbers, but I do think that the putting it on someone and just saying yes is a possibility. Uh, I also do have to say, I love their secondary. Uh, Elante Taylor, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore, and Bradley Robey. Marshawn Lattimore does shut down a ton of receivers, Uh, especially if you're going to give him two games against Desmond Ritter, two games against Baker Mayfield, or insert Bucks quarterback, and two games against rookie Bryce Young. I think Marshawn Lattimore may feast. Uh, He could be a defensive player of the year.
0: I mean, it's a really good point. I uh, I love hunting badger. I will follow uh, Tyron Matthew anywhere that he goes. And so, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, so let's go to your key matchup. Where are you going for your key matchup?
1: So my key matchup is uh, a bit of a strange one because they have a bunch of road games and then they have a home game. Thursday night, October 19th against Jacksonville. I want to see them in week seven, how they show up in this weird, like AFC South set of games. Uh, They're at Houston before, come home and host Jacksonville, and then they got to go up to Indy the following week. You know, are they motivated? How are they feeling? You know, what does their health look like? When you're in those stretch of, what feels like a bunch of road games. And then you have a game on short rest. I think it's going to be a tough turnaround. And I mean, we all are expecting the Jaguars to be, I mean, Vegas thinks they are the best team in the AFC South. Uh, The Trevor Lawrence is there, you know, can you make Trevor Lawrence look like a foolish quarterback with that secondary? What's going to happen on that game? Because there's so many variables up in the air. And I want to see if the saints, Seem like they can beat someone who won their division last year.
0: That's a really good point. Uh, For me, I'm going week 15, uh, which is a home game against the Giants. So this is, for me, two teams that should be on the same path. So, uh, you know, a quarterback that is proving themselves, let's put it that way. So Daniel Jones proving whether or not he deserves to be there, whether he's uh, and then Derek Carr getting out from underneath the uh the Raider shadow. Like okay, well, you know, what was he actually a good quarterback and all that? Um and then, you know, two teams with great running backs that um, for whatever reasons Probably didn't want to uh, You know run the ball Put it that way And so one for suspension One for uh, I want to hold out For more money So look, there, there are two teams That are I feel are similar And So Whoever wins that game I'm, I, I feel is going to have that leg up on you know maybe a wild card spot uh, maybe you know it could be for uh you know something along those same lines later in the year so you're looking at okay are you peaking at the right time as they always say like are you uh rolling into the playoffs or uh into a division win where you know you're going to be in that top four or something like that so I, I think that's going to show me who the Saints really are, and especially if they get over that nine and a half that we talked about earlier.
1: Nice, I like where you're going.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Caleb, I have a a question for you. It was um, you are, are the are the business business guy that's on this podcast? Um, I I need to know how much uh, the price of corn for a pirate is. Mm, uh, how much, Dirk? Uh, about a Buccaneer. Oh, very <laughs> excellent. T- yes, I uh, I wanted to bring the dad joke on that one. Uh, so we move over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so uh, I'm I, I, I have to talk about the greatest arrival in the, on this week, uh, and that's Cody Mauch uh, from North Dakota State the offensive tackle number 48 uh pick this last year he has no front teeth you have seen him uh, on sports center you've seen him on draft boards all that kind of stuff um he is very intimidating uh and for coming from an fcf school um He's coming from "quote unquote" the Alabama of FCF. Uh, North Dakota State has put out a lot of good, uh, a lot of good guys, and they've put out a uh, put some some guys into the league. They get into the championship game regularly. Like um, I think they've they've won several championships in a row. Uh, I think that I think they lost in the championship game this last season, but uh, this guy. Has athleticism for a big guy uh, to spare. Like he recovers well, he blocks well, real well. Um, when you call a running play, he, it makes him happy because he gets to go hit somebody. Like I love this dude so very much, um, and you know, a guy coming from a smaller school getting his opportunity um, is always great. Uh, I move over to the guy right behind him, and that's Baker Mayfield. I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Uh, I do not think he ever got uh, a fair shake in the NFL, uh, as he's had, I believe, no more than two years under the same offensive coordinator um, in his entire career. Um, And I'm not even sure of that. I think in Cleveland he, uh, he had a new offensive coordinator every year. Um, I I I think he's he's given one last chance in the league to be a starting quarterback. Um, I don't have the. Let's see, I don't have the I don't have a backup quarterback for the the Buccaneers. I know they drafted someone out of Florida a couple years back. Uh, I don't know if he's a bridge guy. I don't know if they're just testing him out to see could he be here for three or four years, something like that. Um, but I really do think he's got talent and I'm a big Baker fan.
1: Well, if I'm going to go with someone who I think is a big arrival, uh, I'm gonna go with your corn theme and I'm gonna go with Nebraska Corn Husker. Trey Palmer, uh number ten, uh in the Bucks receiving room. Uh they got him in the sixth round. He's got a lot of speed. I do think that in general, when you're looking at the receiving core there in Tampa, Evans, Godwin, and Gage are a solid three, but they're an aging three. Uh, I think there's a good chance that we could see an injury amongst them. And then in that 11 personnel offense, you're going to see Trey Palmer getting an opportunity to play. Um, they don't have some of the people that they had there in the past, like Scotty Miller. Uh, he actually was on the Falcons. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Of course, I have to be a bit of a homer. Uh, and that's okay. So uh, I also feel like Kalaja Kansi was a steal for them when they got him in the first round uh, out of pit. So I'm excited to see him play on the defensive line uh, because we do like the big guys here as well. Uh, Brody yeah,
0: so on my departures, uh, I'm putting out Scotty Miller uh, to the Falcons first and foremost. Uh, he may not be... Like the biggest name, um, and like oh, this is a such a loss. But he was a possession guy. He um, was one of Tom Brady's favorite targets, uh, and always seemed to get his name out there every week. Like oh, Scotty Miller makes a catch, and it's you know a great third down play or something like that. Uh, just a, a good Scotty Miller fan, and then Sean Bunting. Uh, headed over to Tennessee um the cornerback I, I think that he that's going to be a a position that they're going to need in the uh, in the south and he uh was very very he is a very talented cornerback so uh the buccaneers are kind of in a little bit of flux right now and uh you know that 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 timey wimy stuff of where are they at? Are they rebuilding? Are they going for one last hurrah? You know, it, it's, uh, it's 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 kind of a, a weird situation right now.
1: That's true. That's very true. Um, I, I believe in general, when we're talking about departures, uh, the backfield, backfield's taking a hit. Uh, yeah. There's a guy by the name of Leonard Fournette who uh, was a really high draft pick and was... NFL legend with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, the the guy who handed him the ball, Tom Brady, uh, you know, he just was kind of like, you know what, uh, I can make just as much money being in commercials for a lot less of the year. And so uh, I, I feel like he has not left my TV, but he has definitely left the league. And of course, he's got seven rings. So just like Ariana Grande. He will let you know all about that. So,
0: oh my goodness, you are full of the jokes tonight. I I like it. Uh, I okay. I'm I'm going to be completely serious with you, and I apologize. I will turn to my NFL card. I forgot Tom Brady retired uh, this off season. Um, it just. Uh, I mean, I knew they brought brought in Baker Mayfield for that reason but i was like how long have it been since tom brady and, you know he was he just what left in february it just i'm a bad fan i really am
1: it's okay if it makes you feel any better i think tom brady would rather forget that he played in the 2022 nfl season as well
0: uh, i know that
1: they won the division and went eight and nine but i don't think that he's sitting here uh loving that season
0: yeah that that's probably true uh, so let's talk about the over-under uh, for this season. And, Caleb, give me your uh, – so the number is six and a half. Are you going over are you going under?
1: I'm going to go under. I'm going significantly under. I think that the Bucks are going to go from barely able to win some of these games in the division with Tom Brady to the – like. I really like what they have on their front seven of their defense. I really don't like what's happened with their offensive line and the fact that I don't think they're going to run the ball. Um, I think that it's going to be a a rough year for Baker. I think he's going to get hit a lot. Um, I, I want to believe, I want to believe good things for uh, your guy there, but I think it's just going to be a, an interesting season, and I think we might have a another new coach in the NFC South next year, uh, possibly Lincoln Riley.
0: Oh, you know <laughs> what? That would be amazing. Oh, yes that that works out perfectly because if the Bucks get the number one pick, that would be yeah, that would be right up his alley. Uh, okay, so I uh, I like it. I'm going under as well. I, I'm not sure where seven wins is uh, for for the Buccaneers. Um, I think that, uh, that Baker is going to do his best, and I think he's going to to have a pretty decent season. But I just think there's not going to be a winning season. He's just going to put up a whole bunch of losses. And I don't think it's going to be on, on, on Baker. I think he's going to do what he's asked to do. But uh, I 100% agree with you that uh we see a new head coach of the buccaneers yeah it's just i I just don't know if there's any way um around it i want to jump on the uh the division awards so i am going to go with a little bit of a kooky pick on this one uh because i love this dude so very much i'm going to go defensive player of the year vita vea um those guys do not get enough love, and um, he is a run-stopper. He is plugging up that middle, and he is a game-changer. Is he going to get the most sacks? No. Is he going to, uh, you know, is he Aaron Donald? No. But uh, he has been in the league quite a while, and I want him to... Um, I want him to get his just desserts. So for me, I want to go. I want. I want to see the defensive player of the year, Vita Vea.
1: So I'm gonna go over one position, and I'm gonna go with Kalajdjevic for defensive of the year. Yeah. Um, speaking of Aaron Donald, this was the person who they were saying had the most comparisons to Aaron Donald in the draft. He's a defensive lineman. He's a little bit smaller, just like. I mean. Aaron Donald won defensive rookie of the year by going out and getting 9 sacks. I think there's a chance that you see Kolaju Kansi go out there, have a good year. He's got Vedeve right next to him. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Are you going to really try to put an extra man on the the rookie Kansi when you've got Vea taking up two guys in the middle? <laughs> like it's it's not going to be worth it. Plus You know that they've got great linebackers on the outside like Joe Tryon-Chyinka and Shaq Barrett. So I think that it's going to be one of those things where Cansey gets some one-on-ones against guards, beats them, gets maybe not quite to double-digit sacks, but if he gets double digits, I think that you could definitely put him high in consideration. Yeah,
0: good. uh, A really good uh, call-out there. So let's talk about your key matchup what do you have for um are you are you firing the cannons for a particular game
1: so i do think it's going to be a bit of a tough year they did get all of the division winners as a result of you know winning the division Quote unquote
0: winning the division
1: yeah uh I uh, I think in general, when you get games against Philly and San Francisco on your schedule compared to everyone else in your division, uh, you're going to feel bad about that as the year goes on. Um, I need to see how they do. Let me see that, that week 10 matchup. I want to see them against Tennessee. Uh, how do they measure up against the Titans? Again, there's actually two road games before that and then two road games after it. So if they're going to fire the cannons, they need to do it when they're at home. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. The Titans also are a team that I feel like is built defensively, but I feel like they have a little bit more going on offensively with Hopkins, Burks, Derrick Henry. They know what they're doing as an offensive identity, whereas the Bucks have shifted their offensive line all around. I don't know about you, Derrick. That scares the heebie-jeebies out of me for this team. But – Like their left guard is going to right tackle. Their right tackle is going to left tackle. Like all of these moves that have happened from last year that just make me go, oh, no, you just don't do that. Um, So I want to see how they do against Tennessee, because you know that Tennessee is going to have that front pressure. They're going to have a good secondary. Can they get a win in the midst of that chaotic trip on the road?
0: That's a really good point., uh, you know for me, I'm gonna go week seventeen at home versus New Orleans. So, like you said, the uh, these are, are the division winners that uh, you know they're they're getting some of the best teams uh, out there, and they just can't um, They just really can't stack up against a lot of the a lot of you know the, the Bills and the Titans the Niners uh, and this and you know the, the Packers are, um, are a couple weeks before this they have the Jaguars this is this is uh, the second to last week of the season and this is a limp in game okay what are we what do we got where are we you know where we're looking to project out uh, forward. What do we have? What are we doing? Well, um, do we put in guys that, uh, we need to get reps for? Like, do we have a backup quarterback? Do we want to put guys out there that, um, because I, I really do think they're going to get beat up. And so for this game, um, you know, this could be if they beat the Saints the Saints could lose the division to the Falcons. So this could be a little bit of a spoiler game uh, for me. And so I'm taking week 17 home versus the Saints.
1: Right there on New Year's Eve, it'll be a beautiful game. Uh, w- one of the few times that both of those teams will be happy there in the South and, and warm because we all know uh, a couple weeks earlier, like you said, when they go up to Green Bay, Tampa is not going to be happy. So.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are very happy when uh, when you give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, leave us a review on there, five stars. Uh, if you write something on your favorite podcasting platform, we'll be happy to read it on the air as uh you know, as long as it doesn't have any dirty word, because we are a family-friendly podcast. Um, so if you want to check out all of our links, our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk, um, we are on X, I guess that marks the spot, um, formerly Twitter, uh, at, uh, at Brody Talk. We, uh, we share our takes on there and retweet um uh, Fun videos that people need to to, to see. Uh, so on behalf of my co-host, Caleb, my name is Derek. Do me a favor and have a wonderful day.
1: Bye, y'all.